0: Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zaire and I'm an Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30am Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. All right, Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Semi-awake, that's good. Hopefully we'll be by the time we're finished here. Um, I just want to start off again by saying it's an incredible honor to be here this morning. Um, Some of you may have been here or were here uh, April the 24th. The last time that i had a chance to share with you and uh, i was just getting over covid on that uh, particular sunday and the next day i was going to be heading back to the high school i work with youth unlimited uh, youth for christ at waterloo oxford and so the very following day um, i started back at the school and i've been there since which is wonderful Uh, at the beginning of september we had a normal start to the year i help with four different classes and coach cross country i'm one of those weirdos that likes to run and, um, and yeah, it's just been amazing, right? Um, so on this Thanksgiving, um, you know, I mean, it's always a time to remember all the things we're thankful for, but I don't know about you, I, I take a lot for granted, and uh, being able to, to work in that high school with those amazing young people, I took that for granted, and so uh, that's one thing that I'm incredibly grateful for today. Um, yeah, I just, I wanted to say, like, I, I just, God's presence, eh? It's so tangible. And uh, I praise God for that. The other thing I want to comment is just, you know, you go, like I have opportunities to go to uh, quite a few different congregations. And so each time you go, you make observations. And I, I love the culture here. I just want to say that. Um, just even with uh, the young people, it looks like you might have a pastor coming up through the ranks. I don't know, man. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> right? Right? And the young lady, she's downstairs, but, you know, um, you know, I, I went to Living Water from the time I was 16 until God called me to serve at another congregation. And this congregation reminds me a lot of that church. And we raised our girls there. Our girls, I remember when they came up and sang, you know, they have shared with us that now when they have presentations, um, there's a lot less fear attached because we gave them opportunities when they were young. So keep doing that. Keep doing that. Um, but I just, I love the culture here. You know, there's, it's just, it's a family. And if I didn't live over an hour away, I'd come back next Sunday and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that to be like, oh, let's say something nice to it. You know, I mean it, I really mean it. So be encouraged today, this is beautiful. And you know, it's interesting because as I prepared for today, at the beginning of the week, I thought I had, a, a, a you know, a decent <laughs> message to share about being grateful and thankful and all those wonderful things, right? Kind of your typical Thanksgiving message. But then God woke me up this morning and said, <laughs> toss it out. <laughs> okay, God, so what, what should I share? And so what I will share with you today is what I believe that God's placed on my heart. <laughs> because the, the things that God gives us in the moment... You know, and it's good to plan. Like, don't get me wrong. You don't just throw everything out the window, right? But um, so we plan and we prepare. But when God says, I've got something fresh and new for today, you got to go there. You just have to. (laughs) And so that's my heart today, you know? And so let's see, (laughs) let's see how it goes. (laughs) But I want to pray before that happens. And thank you already for the prayer that was offered. Um, But I, I feel personally, I want to pray. So heavenly Father, I thank you so much. God, my heart is bursting this morning. I think of that song we would sing, my heart is bursting, Lord, to tell all that you have done. And God, that's the attitude that I have today. God, you are so good. You are so faithful. You are so kind. And I thank you, God, that you don't give up on us cuz man, if I if I were you, I'd give up. I would have given up on me a long time ago. But God, you continue to be so gracious and so merciful because sometimes it takes quite a bit for me to catch on. Sometimes I'm really slow to hear. But God, I thank you that you don't give up. And so this morning, God, I know that you have given me this appointment. And, Lord, I am confident, I am convinced of this, that every time you give us an appointment, whether it's here, whether it's at the grocery store and we're talking with a friend, whether we're having a coffee and sharing with someone, Lord, thank you for these appointments, and I am convinced that for every appointment you give us anointing equal to the task. And so this morning, God, that is why I can stand here. I can stand here because I know I'm your child, and I can stand here because I know that your grace is sufficient. So this morning, God, I thank you that you have already been preparing our hearts. So now, Lord, with what is shared, I pray that it would fall, Lord, like those spring rains. And that, God, it would bring much fruit, and it would be fruit that would remain. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ah, oh, Okay, so here we go. I'm actually going to need a little bit of notes and then go from there. Um, So, yes, this portion of Scripture from Luke 17. As I woke up this morning, um, my first thoughts were, what does it look like to live a grateful life? You know, more than, and it was alluded to, um, but more than just on one particular day where I'm reflecting on, good things in my life the faithfulness of god like i loved the worship i I loved the songs that were chosen right like ah these are things to be grateful for so now what does it look like to live a life of gratitude and the scripture came to mind the one that we had read to us from luke 17 there's a couple points i want to make from this so first off we have these lepers we need to understand that having leprosy at that time was devastating. And to say it was devastating, I don't even think gives it justice. If in the time of Jesus you had leprosy, you were forced to live a life of isolation. In addition to that, your body was going through, like, just, it would twist and cripple and, and, and sores and, like, just Awful. And so Jesus is going by. These people had heard of Jesus. Everybody was hearing about Jesus because of the things that he was doing. So as Jesus goes by, he says, hey, Jesus, they say, these ten, would you have mercy on us? (laughs) And Jesus being the, right, I, I think of so many times where you read about Jesus and it says, and he had compassion on them. That's our Jesus, compassionate, not looking the other way but seeing the people, seeing the need, and responding. So they say, hey, please have mercy on us. And it's interesting because what Jesus does, he says, go show yourselves to the priests. You would go show yourself to the priest if you were abundantly clear that you are now whole. You wouldn't do it any other reason. So, you know, Jesus doesn't walk up and touch each of them and say, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed. He goes, go show yourself to the priest." So in order for them to start moving in the direction, going to the temple, showing themselves to the priest, it would require faith. As they began to walk, guess what? They're healed! Incredible. Another story of God's ability to heal and restore. I wanted to focus on the one aspect that, you know what, as I read this story now, after the pandemic that we have walked through, I never really thought a whole lot about isolation until the season we walked through. See, these people with what they had faced, what they were dealing with, they would have experienced incredible isolation. As they walked through, if there were people around, they'd have to yell out, unclean, unclean, to give people warning so that people wouldn't get close to them and then thereby possibly catch this horrendous disease. They experienced isolation. Isolation, when I hear that word now, has a different meaning to me. Right, during the pandemic we all experienced degrees of isolation. And if you're anything like me, I'm a very social person, so that was hard. Those two years of not being at the high school were incredibly difficult. Helps me to have a little bit of a picture of how these individuals would have felt. So, of course, we have 10 of them who are healed, and one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. I remember watching some shows. You know, these are probably shows about 20 years ago. And and on some of these shows, they were showing individuals who had been rescued, whether it was by a firefighter, you know, someone who had been drowning, someone jumped in. And I remember noting the kind of looks that these people had as they would once again meet the person who had saved them. And what they would be willing to do, like they were just, their lives, they were so grateful. It was like, I will do anything for you. You took a chance. You took a risk. You jumped into that burning home. You came into the deep waters and you saved me. I love you and I would do anything. What can I do to show my thanks to you? And that's the picture that I get with this one who comes back and throws himself at the feet of Jesus and says, Thank you. Doesn't take it for granted goes back and says, thank you. See, it's interesting because in this particular story, right, we have situations in life where there are situations where we see brokenness. The brokenness, the effects of sin, right, was very evident in their bodies. The curse of sin that brought death, that brought disease, was very evident. Everyone could see for these people who walk by, they're like, oh yeah, that person's a leper. Right? So we have this situation where Jesus cleanses and heals a broken, like 10 broken individuals. But as I continued to reflect this morning as I was listening, as God was speaking into my heart, see, the thing is, is that we can have experiences, we can have things in our life where there's brokenness, but it's not evident to everyone around us. And this morning, see, this was not the plan. <laughs> it's interesting because this past Wednesday, we have where the Youth Unlimited workers from southwestern Ontario come together for a staff meeting. And oh, I love it. They're just so energetic. It's, it's a lot of fun. Okay? So we came together, and every single time we meet, we have two staff stories. Because see, there's about 80 of us now, and when you come into a group of 80 people and you see each other uh, once every two months, it is impossible to get to know each other well. So what they do is every single time they have two staff stories that are shared, and you feel like you get to know that person a little bit more. Well, guess what? It was my turn. (laughs) It was my turn to share. And so I remember, uh, you know, as I was preparing for that as well, right? Because when you talk, I'm 50, when you look back at 50 years of your life and you're asked to share it in 15 minutes, (laughs) you obviously can't share the whole thing. So as I was praying about it, saying, God, what would you have me share? I felt like he had me share, you know, the last 10 years of my life. And that's what I'm going to share this morning. I really felt I needed to do that. Because, see, 10 years ago, I was at Living Water Fellowship, I had been there for 25 years. I was serving as their youth pastor. I knew everybody really, really well. I was super comfortable. I was like Moses, right? Just looking after his bunch of little sheep. Everything's good. Woohoo, right? God disrupted that. And I'm glad He did. Because if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I would have said, I'm good. I would have told you that. There's nothing really unresolved in my life, that I'm doing well, that I'm really happy, that there's, you know, like, of course, there's that aspect of knowing there's areas of growth. But I would have told you I was really doing well, and I was a healthy individual. But I want to share something with you. See, God, in that moment, began to stir things up. And I want to, I I almost uh, missed this scripture. This is the scripture that I started with on Wednesday. And it's an interesting scripture because when you start off, like you're going to hear this and you're going to be like, man, what kind of scripture is that for Thanksgiving? But listen, okay? In Psalm 66 verse 10, and this summarizes this season that I've been through in the last 10 years, it says, for you, O God, you tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and you laid burdens on our backs, right? Like isn't this good? Everybody, like, woo, sign me up for some of that. No, right? You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire. We went through water. This is the catch. But you brought us to a place of abundance. Ten years ago, I would have said to you, hey, <laughs> I'm good. I've experienced healing. You know, there's going to be growth coming, but I was completely blind to areas that needed healing and restoration. See, my brokenness wasn't on the outside of my body for everyone to see. It was deep inside from things that I experienced earlier in my life. So I'm going to share a bit of my story, just a short little piece. My story begins when my mom gave birth to me just after she turned 17. Her and my dad, you know, got together before they were married, and here I am. That's how my story begins. My mom grew up in a home of 13 children. My grandfather had lost his dad when he was eight from a heart attack. He was one of the older boys in the family and took on a lot of responsibility. I can't, I can't even begin to imagine for any of you who understand a bit of that time period, it was kind of like life is hard. And it was. It was, before, it was before the Depression. Life was really hard. So it was like, hey, yeah, that sucks. That's not good. That's, that's a terrible thing. You lost your dad. But hey, life is hard. Suck it up, buttercup. He didn't go for counseling. He didn't have people that he could talk to. And so as a result, my grandfather had a lot of trauma from his past. That's a horrible traumatic thing to lose your dad when you're eight. But he never had an opportunity to work through that in a healthy way. So my grandfather carried trauma in, for the rest of his life. And he carried that with, with my mother's side, who had 13, right? There was 13 kids. And my mom would tell me various times, different situations that I have come to understand now as traumatic events in her life, because the things that were done abusively, both physically with a strap and emotionally by the words that were spoken... And so suddenly you have this little fella who's been, you know, uh, born to a 17 year old young lady who has a lot of trauma. My upbringing was very difficult because of that. I suffered as a result of that. See, it's interesting because, you know, how did I get to this place where I even was aware of that? Much of my life, I was in denial. (laughs) You know, I, the way I would serve, uh, survive is I deny that things were much of an issue and I would keep myself distraction, or distracted. Sorry. This is something. I work with youth <laughs> all the time and I see this so prevalent. I begin to hear stories. I begin to hear of what they've experienced in life and many people aren't even aware of trauma that they've experienced and then what do we do? We deny and we distract. Distraction in our society is at an all-time high, people. <laughs> I have young people share with me, oh yeah, I've got to have a bunch of things on and stuff you know, as I'm going to sleep at night. Why? Why is that? Why, why do you struggle to have moments of silence? And I know why, because I was there once. Because that's when I'd start thinking. And some of the stuff that was deep inside, it would start to show up. And it's like, ah, i got to keep busy. i got to do this. i got to do well in sports. i got to do these things that make me feel better about myself. And then still be stuck with those same things. So I experienced it. I remember, you know, and again, I, I love my parents, but it was tough. And I remember, you know, times when my mom was like spanking me while she's losing it, right? Just losing it. Stuff like that. And then when I was nine, we moved to a different place. I had been with my, my dear friends. I felt comfortable there. We moved to a new home. We started suffering financially. I was in hand-me-downs that didn't fit properly, you know, didn't have much, uh, you know. And, and so I started getting bullied. So from the time I was nine to the time I was 16, I felt alone. <laughs> I was beat up. I was picked on. I had teachers. The other part, left-handed male who was hyper, super energetic, very social. That didn't work at school at that time. It was like this cookie cutter. Everybody has to be the same. I wasn't that. So I suffered at the hands of teachers. I had things said in front of classrooms about me that tore me apart. But again, I remember how I dealt with it. It's not a big deal. It's okay, right? Laugh with them. You know, they're making fun of you. Go, yeah, you're right. I am a loser. I'm trying my best to be the best loser I can be, right? Like, what? It doesn't work. I remember when I was 13, my grandfather ended up getting cancer. He was my hero. He's the kindest, sweetest, most gentle person I've ever met in my life. And I remember praying and saying, God, you've got to heal my grandpa. Like, he can't go. I can't do life without him. And so my grandfather ended up unfortunately dying of cancer. And I remember in that moment this lie that came to me if God loved you, he wouldn't have let that happen. And I went, that's true. So from that point, from 13 until 18, when I had a careless driving accident, thank God I didn't die in that accident. That was responsible for me bringing, you know, it brought me back to Jesus. But in that time of 13 to 18, I hated the world. I did. I had such a chip on my shoulder. I hated my mom. I'm ashamed to say that. I remember one of the times when she lost it on me. I went to punch her. I punched the wall instead. I'm so thankful that that happened. I I would not condone that. But there was so much anger. (laughs) Again, I'm okay. (laughs) It's not that bad. It's all good, right? And just keep distracted. Just keep busy. You know, try to perform in this. Try to perform in that. Had no idea. So I want to jump ahead now because, of course, you can only do a couple key points, right? So about five years ago, we just, uh, it, yeah, it was five years ago, about two weeks, um, two weeks back. If any of you know Brunel Zare, Brunel Zare was uh, an incredible man, farmer in our area, was my best friend. Um, he ended up having ALS, and so five years ago is when it finally took his life. And if you know anybody that's dealing with ALS or you've ever witnessed someone walk through it, it's like one of the worst ways to go. It was just hor- it was horrific to watch this happen to my best friend. And see, God used that. That was the beginning of me finally getting to this place where I was ready to acknowledge the stuff in my life that God wanted to heal and restore, the brokenness in me and I could put on a good facade. See, we get really good at this. They call it the foyer fineness, and we come each Sunday, and we're like, oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, too. And meanwhile, we might have things that we're battling and the things that we struggle with, and we do it alone. That was never Jesus' heart or his desire. (laughs) He wants to have us be his tangible hands and feet to other people. And yet, we're often surrounded by Jesus, and we don't take up the offer. Around that same time, I had some dear loved ones who were also struggling. And I remember in that season, right, because when we go through this, as we talked about in uh, Psalm 66, when we go through our times of testing, when we go through trials, when we're experiencing great deals of pain, it is very easy for us to misunderstand. I remember s- several times, I remember one point where a loved one was, was curled up in a ball and just weeping. And I'm like, Jesus, don't you see? (laughs) Don't you see the pain, the suffering, right? And so there was a season where I became very, very disillusioned and disappointed. It's like, God, why aren't you doing something about this? I know you can. And then shortly after that, of course, all the events of the pandemic, right? The two years where I was not able to be in the high school, God used that to finally get my attention. It was that event which, I'll be honest, those two years were probably the most difficult season in my life. I dealt with various levels of depression through that time. Why? Part of it is because of, um, you know, the calling that God has on my life. I love people. I love being with them. And when that was stripped away, sometimes my identity gets wrapped up in it. And so when that was stripped away, it's like, man... God, there's some things that have to be dealt with. It's time. So God ordered my steps, brought me to a Christian counselor. I had resisted. I tried once with a counselor, and we didn't connect. We didn't click, so I was like, oh, this isn't for me. And meanwhile, I sent all kinds of youth to counselors, but it wasn't for me. No, this doesn't work. So God directed my steps, and I came and met with a counselor last summer, and God did Some wonderful healing in my life. Took some very pain. One of the biggest things was the fact that um, when my mom gave birth to me at the age of 17, I was almost two months premature, and I spent the first month of my life in the hospital by myself. (laughs) I come to understand now, that would have been traumatic. Yes, that's a trauma in my life. Praise God. (laughs) God has brought healing to me in that. As I was with my Christian counselor, as we prayed together, as we were praying, I saw Jesus himself leaning over and just brushing like this and saying, and and, and I couldn't hear what he was saying, but I knew he was reassuring me. It was like even in that first moment, the first days of my life, I was not alone. Jesus was with me. Transformative. So here I had these times of counseling, but I'll be honest with you. Have you ever been to the dentist? And you know when they start putting the freezing in and they say, hey, can you feel that? Are you good with that, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I remember the one time I wasn't good. (laughs) And it's like as as they're doing the drilling, it's like I feel way too much of this, right? And you want to jump out and run out of the chair. Anyone ever had an experience like that? Hopefully not. But that's kind of what happened for me. Last summer, I was like, wow, this is too much, as I started to see how much pain from my life I had just glossed over and that I'd have to deal with. I was going to have to feel the pain to be able to get healed. So I panicked, and I jumped out of the chair. It's a metaphor, of course. I turned 50 this past March, and a good friend of mine gave me a book called Redeeming Heartache. Incredible book. And as I've been reading through this book, as it talks about trauma, as it talks about experiencing healing and redemption, restorative uh, work of God, the reality is, folks, is the worst things that have happened in your life, God has the ability to redeem those things. Many would say, oh, it's too late, right? It was interesting, even as I shared uh, this past Wednesday, afterwards, I had people come older than myself who said, I have just recently started counseling as well. There's the, the, Thank you, Jason, for sharing this. It gives me hope. I've had people meet with me in offices before who are older than me. I remember a gentleman, he was 66 years of age. This was about eight years ago. And he was crying with me in my office, telling me about things that had been said to him by his dad 50-some-odd years before. I understand and recognize that not everybody has the same degree of trauma, but when we experience traumatic events in our lives and we don't have trusted individuals, like whether it's parents or counselors or whatever, that help us to deal with that in a healthy way, we then go forward with trauma in our lives. But the good news today is that just like those lepers who outwardly showed their brokenness, and Jesus, of course, saw that and ministered to them and had compassion, some of you today are carrying inner brokenness. I went to a funeral on Tuesday for my uncle. And see, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of dysfunction with my parents, with myself, and with their families. My parents have more or less decided not to have anything to do with their families on both sides. It's heartbreaking. I met with my parents on October the 1st for Thanksgiving. It had been almost a year since I saw them. I went to a funeral on Tuesday for my oldest uncle. And as we were there, we were talking with someone, and uh, we started to have this conversation. And as they're talking, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of pain. That's a lot of pain. We had the service, and then afterwards, God just put it so strong on my heart. It's like, go talk to this person and just offer to pray. So I went to this person. I said, when we were talking, I I was just hearing a lot of pain as you were sharing some things that you've been through recently. They start to cry. You got to understand, this individual (laughs) is so well put together successful business, all these different things that on the outside would look like this person has it all together. And meanwhile, with that question, begins to cry, begins to share about stuff in their life. And so the amazing part, see, this is what God does. In Corinthians, it tells us that we comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received. That's how God redeems the broken things in our lives. If we're willing to share, other people can experience healing too. So I said, I said, you know what? You, uh, what you're sharing with me, those are traumatic experiences. But The amazing thing is there's a, the ability to walk through these and experience healing and ask this person if they'd be willing to meet with a counselor. So we're, we're still in process. <laughs> this morning, God gave a song to send and some words uh, to share. I'm trusting Jesus to do it, right? I can't do it. I can't make anything happen. But the Holy Spirit is working in that person's life. I see so much brokenness. And it's like, will you let go? Will you surrender to Jesus? In closing, it's often been said that a picture's worth a thousand words. I think often it can be more than that. I'm just giving the cue there. I think it's Josiah, if I remember the name correctly. I'm going to show you guys a clip this morning. Again, I haven't showed this clip in probably five years, and this morning God was like, this is the clip that goes with this, right? How many of you have ever heard of Nick Vichuchik? Has anybody ever heard of him? Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, incredible story. This is a gentleman that, and I don't remember what the specific uh, disease, well, not disease, uh, syndrome or whatever, where he doesn't have arms and legs. But if you've ever heard his story, it is powerful. The clip I'm going to show uh, you this morning is a clip about his own personal testimony and an experience of healing. Because to be honest with you, when I think of what does it look like to live a life of gratitude, I think of him. So, uh, Josiah, if you could show that, please.
1: Growing up in church, you know, every Sunday singing that song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, to believe that God loves us requires a lot of faith. Because I had a lot of questions. If God loved me, then why did he let me be born this way? If God can do all miracles and anything that I ask, he can do it, then why doesn't he give me arms and legs when I ask him to relieve me of my pain? I wanted to know the answer. I actually felt that God, for some reason, wasn't listening. For some reason, didn't answer my prayer. Um, And I was starting to think that he wasn't real. What was so, um, I guess, really difficult to get through were the years between ages eight 12. I was actually the first uh, special needs child to be integrated into a mainstream school. Um, Being the only one with no arms and no legs of course and in a wheelchair I had a lot of unwanted attention, Um, feeling depressed, feeling alone. At age 10 I actually tried to commit suicide by drowning myself in six inches of water in my family bathtub After a whole day of being bullied and teased, I just didn't want to live anymore. By the grace of God, on the third time I rolled over in my family bathtub, I saw my mum and my dad crying at my grave. I saw that pain that I would leave behind, and I decided to stay. I went through depression because no one could heal my heart. No money, no amount of friends, no amount of education, or things that I quote unquote needed to get through my daily life. It just couldn't heal my heart. Finally, at age 15, God answered my prayer. It was when I read John chapter 9. A man was born blind, born with a disability that no one could actually explain. And that sort of sounded familiar to me. People asked Jesus, why was this man born blind? And Jesus said, it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. And faith came over me. Hearing of the word produces faith. It is a gift. It is not a focus that you can muster up inside. It is a gift given from God when you hear the promises through His Word. And that changed my life. He healed my heart, and now I can be an instrument in His hand to let people know, as a miracle, seeing His strength perfected in my weakness that would have otherwise been not as powerful. It's more powerful seeing a man without arms and legs smiling than someone who got their miracle. What about for the people who didn't get their miracle? And for anyone who's watching right now who thinks that God doesn't have a purpose and what can God ever do with me? Well, look what God did with me. If God can use a man without arms and legs to be his hands and feet, there is not one person watching this program where God can't use their broken pieces too. Now I wanna quote Romans 8, 28, where it says, all things come together for the good for those who love him. You know, I thought that the greatest burden in my life was my circumstance, it is not. The greatest burden in your life is not your circumstance. The greatest burden in your life is you not being able to see your life Clearly through God's eyes, knowing that He knows that He's going to be with you and He's going to pull you through, that all things come together for the good. Even the worst part of your life up to this point, God is so big, so mighty, so gracious that He can turn it into some good. If I was born without arms and legs and God did not give me arms and legs miraculously for one soul, bring it on.
0: powerful. It's interesting because even as I was watching that, thinking about, I told you guys, I jumped out of the chair. Well, thankfully, uh, you know, the last uh, month I've been going for counseling again. And the most recent thing that God has done in my life because it was interesting, right? Because I was suddenly working back at the high school. I was doing everything that I loved once again, but something was still wrong. Couldn't figure it out. I was like, here I'm I'm just back in the thing I'm passionate about and yet I'm sad. What is going on? And meeting with my counselor, I discovered that, again, the relationship, the lack of relationship with my parents. You ever notice that, right? You can have like 40 really good things going on and there's one thing off and you focus there. Anybody else have that problem? I do. <laughs> and so it was interesting because uh, a week and a half ago as we shared, as we prayed, um, I decided to... To forgive my parents and let go of my expectations in their direction, right? Like, there's trauma there. There's brokenness. And until that gets dealt with, their behavior will remain the same. So am I going to be (laughs) discouraged and disappointed the rest of my life? Or am I going to release them, let them go, and then thank God? Because see, the thing that God has shown me is there are other people in my life who've become spiritual parents to me. My mentor and his wife are like a mom and dad to me. I have another person that anytime there's something going on, speaking, whatever, I always reach out. This person's like a mom to me. She prays for me. I know it. It's always super encouraging. I want to finish with another scripture. To me, um, you know, if somebody would ask me, what is you know, Jesus all about? What is the kingdom of God all about? I love to look at Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, right? Our hearts can be broken. No one can see, unlike the lepers. To proclaim freedom for, from, uh, for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. It goes on be, uh, later, it says, the, uh, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Are you mourning? Are you despairing? They will be called <coughs> oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. This is key. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will ruin, I sorry, they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. That is good news. We sang about it earlier, right? The work of Jesus Christ on the cross, his willingness to come and suffer, has purchased this for us. Have you been in a place, maybe you're like myself, who 10 years ago would have sat and heard this message and said, there's nothing I really have to work through. There's nothing really there. That's what I would have told you after this. Maybe you're in that place. Maybe you're in this place where you have begun to experience that time of testing. You have things going on in your life and things are stirring up and those old ways of pushing things down and staying distracted. The one song talked about the addictions. Busyness can be an addiction, people. Our jobs can become an addiction, people. Right? What are those things that we often run to? I have mine. Anytime that, you know, I grew up poor. Anytime that you start to see some concerns financially, there's this part of me that panics and looks on Kijiji for things I can buy that I'll later sell. I'm just being real with you. If you're seeing some of these things, see, man, I hope you're hearing God's heart for you today. Because he did come to set captives free, to heal broken hearts. Today is the day of salvation. His heart is to heal us and restore us. If you've been carrying trauma for years and you want to be free, it is not too late. I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for all of us together and also say, I don't know what's happening immediately following this. I, I don't know. But later on, if anyone would like to, sh- to chat and, and, and I'd love to pray, like that's, out of all ministry things, that's my favorite part. God's given me a heart for people. I just love people. And if there's somebody here that something struck a chord for you, I would love to, to listen. I would love to pray for you. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this morning. God, I feel like I should be taking off my shoes. God, this is hallowed ground. God, this is your business. God, this is your heart. Oh, God, thank you for the revelation today, a fresh revelation of your Father's heart for us. And for some of us, we haven't had a good experience. And when we hear even the term Father, there's pain. But Lord, I pray today that people would see, that they would have caught a glimpse of your heart, the way that you pursue us, the way you don't give up, the way that you're patient with us, the way that you love us so deeply. God, if there are some today that you've been speaking to their heart and they're like, yes, man, that's me. I've been distracted. I've been in denial about my past. And yet every once in a while when things get tough, it it, it tries to peak up again. And I just, you know, kind of like those gophers, I just get the mallet out, right? And I just knock it on its head and get it to go back down again. Lord, I thank you that, God, you have the ability to heal us, to restore us, God. And that the very thing that the enemy thought he would use to bring our downfall is the very thing that, God, you are using to bring life and encouragement to others. I thank you, God, you're the one who changes stories. I thank you that you're the one that changes outcomes. And so, Lord, I just speak a blessing over my brothers and sisters today. That, God, as we we just bask in your presence, Lord, may we not be quick to leave. May we not be quick, Lord, to move on from what you've been speaking to our hearts today. And Lord, I know for myself, I remember I jumped out of that dentist chair, so to speak, metaphorically, because I was like, it's too much. I don't even know where to begin. It's too overwhelming. Well, God, even there, you didn't leave me. You didn't abandon me. You didn't let me go. So, God, I just pray that even as today, as we say, I surrender, as I let go, God, thank you that you order the steps of these good men and women because of the finished work of Jesus. We have a robe of righteousness, and the declaration is, good. So, Lord, bless them, Father. Keep them. Lord, make your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lord, may they experience the fullness of your peace as they trust you and take your hand and walk boldly into the future. In Jesus' name, amen.